0: Welcome to Horror Queen, where I discuss everything supernatural, gruesome, and spooky. These are the things that we don't discuss in everyday life. The things we push to the back of our minds and pretend that we didn't see. The things that we pretend that don't exist. Join me, Queen Billy, every last Friday of the month on all major streaming platforms for Horror Queen. And if you listen, I promise that you will walk away without a curse. On the 13th of October 1972, a flight transporting 45 people, including 19 members of a rugby team, crashed into the Anthes Mountains. The pilot and co-pilot who was in training believed that they had flown over Curaco and began to descend the plane towards Putahuel Airport. This was due to cloud cover obscuring the mountains, however, he was wrong. They could not visually confirm their location, and they were still over 60 kilometers away from landing. The pilots, who soon realised that they were in the wrong place, saw the mountain range, tried to gain altitude, but it was too late. The plane crashed into the mountain. Evidence and witness accounts state that the aircraft may have struck the mountain two to three times during the struggle to gain control and make it over the ridge. One of the collisions severed the right wing, whilst a further collision may have broke off the tail section. When the tail section broke off, it took with it two rows of seats, baggage hold and several people, including three passengers, the navigator and the flight attendant. As the plane carried on, The left wing was then torn off when it collided with a rock outcropping. Two more passengers were lost at this time. The remaining sections of the plane travelled down a mountain slope glacier at 350 kilometres per hour and then it came to a sudden stop when it collided with a snowbank. The impact crushed the cockpit, killing one of the pilots immediately. At this time... The remaining seats came apart from the floor and the passengers were compressed against the bulkheads, killing several more of them. The pilot died due to being crushed to the chest by the nose gear, which forced his head to come through the windshield. The co-pilot survived the crash, only to die the following day. He had previously pleaded with the passengers that survived to take the pistol and kill him. They refused. At this point, 33 passengers were still alive. Many would not survive for long due to having serious injuries, including broken legs and head injuries. There are two medical students on board who helped the passengers that they could help the most. Within an hour of the crash, the SARS was notified and searches began. The news broke at 6pm. The crash happened at 2 In the days after, the passengers could see search missions fly near the crash site, however, the white fuselage of the craft was well hidden against the snow. Passengers tried using lipstick recovered from the wreck to carve out an SOS sign, but to no avail. Rescue efforts were called off after eight days as it was believed that they had no hope of finding a single person alive. This was incorrect. During the first night, five more passengers died. The remaining 28 did everything in their power to make a shelter, keep warm and find a source of drinking water. The captain of the rugby team took the lead and guided them as a leader. A radio was found by one of the survivors and at that point, when they got it to work, they found out that the search mission was called off several days later. They found food on the wreck. And they rationed it between them, however this only lasted a week. The food ran out. They resorted to eating leather and cotton from the seats and clothing. At this time they knew that they would likely starve to death and at that moment a very inhumane decision was made, a decision that they could never return from. The following words I'm about to read are from one of the survivors. Our common goal was to survive, but what we lacked was food. We had long since run out of the meagre pickings we'd found on the plain, and there was no vegetation or animal life to be found. After just a few days, we had the sensation that our own bodies were consuming themselves just to remain alive. Before long, we would become too weak to recover from starvation. We knew the answer, but the answer was just too terrifying to contemplate. The bodies of our friends and teammates preserved outside in the snow and ice contained the vital life-preserving proteins that would keep us alive but could we do it for a long time we agonized i went out in the snow and prayed to god for guidance without his consent i felt i would be violating the memory of my friends that i would be stealing their souls we wondered whether we were going mad to even contemplate such a deed had we turned into brute savages, or was this the only alternative for us to survive? Truly, we were pushing the limits of our fear. The remaining survivors decided at best to consume the deceased in order to survive. Many of these people were friends and family. However, would they survive otherwise? With this came permission from each other that if they died, they could consume their bodies for survival. I die, eat me, is essentially what they said. Many of the survivors refused to eat their fellow victims. Many of them could only eat skin and muscle. However, some consumed as much as heart, brain and lung, all in order for a chance of survival. All of the passengers who survived this entire situation consumed human flesh. Without consuming the flesh, they would simply have never made it out. One night, at around midnight, the passengers were asleep when an avalanche hit the wreckage. It was filled almost completely with snow. Eight more survivors were killed at this time, including the rugby team captain who was leading them and one of the ladies who nursed and cared for the injured. As they made their escape over a few days, they burrowed through the snow creating the tunnel and came faced with a blizzard. They decided it best to go back inside the wreckage. They were trapped again for a further three days. The decision was made. They needed to consume more human flesh if they wanted to get out of there alive. The snow began to melt away after an extended period of time and when they surfaced it became clear that they needed to explore and make an effort to get help. This proved difficult with the weather conditions and ailments the survivors had presented. During an expedition, they came across the tail section of the plane and found many essential items that would prolong their survival. Most importantly, they found batteries that they hoped would aid them the power to make an SOS call. This plan did not work. Three more people died from things like infected wounds on the lead up to day 60 since the crash. Decisions were made. They needed to leave in order to get help and survive. They knew that if they climbed the mountain range, the cold overnight would kill them. So they used what they could to make sleeping bags. Three of the survivors with no climbing gear climbed the western peak. It took them over 10 days. And they only brought enough meat for three. One of the men returned to camp so that the two remaining could survive longer with the food that they had. When they reached the peak they hiked down for seven more days and after 70 plus days since the crash they found human life and seek for help. On the 22nd of December 1972 one of the survivors that made it down the peak guided rescue efforts to the survivors Half of them were rescued on the first day, and the rest, the next. They were all admitted to hospitals and treated for scurvy, malnutrition, broken bones, frostbite, and altitude sickness. This is only a few of the illnesses that were treated. Sixteen people survived. Welcome it's a horror queen. I first came across that story, it was pretty recently, and it really intrigued me, and I watched most of the clips on, you know, TikTok, <clears throat> and it was one of those ones, whenever I heard it, I was like, you know, I really need to do that on the podcast, and like, I just think it makes for great storytelling, um, that happened over 50 years ago, like, that to me is crazy 80 90, 90 yeah and like it is one of those stories okay fair enough lasted 72 days but like when you think about it the conditions they were in they were so 16 people survived and they were lucky like very lucky Um, i don't know if you have ever heard of this story before But let me tell you, I'm going to Google it right now, Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571. If you Google it, there's images of the people and it haunts me to see these photos. So there's a photo, not this one, there's a photo survivors of 1972, plane crash revisit their tale of going to the extremes to live. And it's basically, I don't know what, how they managed to smile through all of this, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six men sitting. And they're sitting beside the wreck of the plane. Um, If you zoom in to the southeast of the photo, to the southeast of the man on the very right, you can literally see a human spine sitting in the snow it haunts me it fucking haunts me like and it just made it all real for me whenever I first heard the story I was like there's no way like they did what they did but they actually did they actually did go as far as eating brain and heart and lungs and they literally picked bodies apart, which is so fucking scary to me. Like, they literally picked apart a body and ate it. And it's. I don't know if they ever. I didn't actually get the read whether or not they cooked the food, or did they, um, like, dry it out? I think I read that they dried it out, but, like, there's the there's the photo there. I'm not going to put it on the podcast. Well, do you know what? I could probably put it on the podcast. No, I'm not. I'm not going to put it on. But if you just Google the flight and you look through some of the photos, you can literally see a human spine. Um, <clears throat> One of the things I didn't put in the story, because I wanted to talk about it, which is quite sad, um, the bodies of the people who were deceased. Um, were buried at the site where they crashed. But and this is a part that's quite sad, quite sad, very sad. The family members were not allowed to visit the funeral. Essentially, I don't know why. Probably because it was so dangerous. Probably because it was of where it was, and people would maybe take sick. It was just a risky, risky trip to get people up there. I don't know. I'm not sure what the reason was, but that's what my thought is. But there is a basically a grave site where the plane crashed and where they survived for 70 plus days. Um, It's quite scary. And, you know, at the time they didn't tell the media that they had actually, you know, eaten human flesh. But it did then get leaked because obviously people had been going to the crash site and evidence was being found, and you know it was a, it was a scene, it was being investigated. Um, so then word got out that there was this rumor of cannibal, cannibalism, and then they had to come forward and be like, "We had to do it. We, we what else? How else would we have survived? We'd all be dead." And what really struck me was how. They say that each other they like like they gave each other the permission if I pass away you can use my body to survive, eat me, essentially. And that is so scary. That is scary, and you hope that you're never gonna be in a situation like that. Nobody knows what's ahead of us. But that is very, very scary. Very, very scary. And there are so many details I didn't actually put in the story because I could have been talking for about an hour. And I like to I like to talk and give my own thoughts on the situation, but like it's a really it's a really human story and it's a, a, a survival story. I think there's a movie about it. I'm actually gonna look it up and see if there is Alive 1993. Oh, I'm going to Google this and see, 1993, and we'll see, if there's anything. I want to read the synopsis, I kind of want to know. After a crash landing in the snow-swept Andes, a Uruguayan rugby team has no choice but to turn to desperate measures in order to survive. Oh, I might watch that tonight, actually. Do you know what? I'm going to pause recording I'm going to come back after I watch Alive and then I'll give you my review, my honest review on Alive. Yeah, that's what we're going to do tonight. So, I mean, you're going to get to hear me in two seconds, but for me, this could be ours. So I will speak to you very soon. I'm away to watch Alive after I get a wee shower and I'll give you my honest review A very special one-off episode of Fags and Gags coming soon. And I'm back, a whole 24 hours later. I watched Alive and I fucking loved it. Um, it it's really, really like put the, the face to the... I, I, you know what I mean? It's really put, like, a, a face to the name. And, of course, they're actors, blah, blah blah But, like, it's just really made me go, holy fuck, that is crazy. And, it, like, you watch The Walking Dead, or you watch a, a fictional movie, and you, you see them eat humans, or you eat, like, animals, that like dogs, or, like, pet animals, and you think, oh, it's fiction, I don't mind watching it, because I know that's not real. But whenever you're watching something based on a true story, and especially alive... And it shows you them eating human flesh, and you're like... Now, not in a really gross way, they don't show you actually them cutting off the body parts and eating it, but it shows you them being handed it and putting it in their mouth. You can't really see much, except for whenever there's one scene where it's a zoom-up, and they're putting like human flesh in a bag. Obviously, it's not human flesh you're looking at, but they put the human flesh in the bag, and that's them going off on their expedition and it really makes you think like this actually fucking happened they had to eat human carcasses to fucking survive and make it out of the mountains and it's bonkers it really is bonkers but like talking of The Walking Dead there is an actor from Josh Hamilton The Walking Dead Commonwealth actors I'm pretty sure it's Josh Hamilton and yeah, he pl- yes it is him and he plays Lance Hornsby in the Commonwealth he plays um, Kanessa who is one of the main characters in Alive and he is one of the main people that there's three of them go up the mountains eventually and it takes them ten days to get to the top and basically they one of them goes back and Kanessa and I can't remember the other one, is it Nando go down the mountains and it takes a further seven days and then they eventually get into Chile I think I think it's Chile and then they get help and bring a rescue crew to the mountaintops and the guy that plays lance Speed josh hamilton plays canessa and he's a really good actor and i don't i don't really like his character in the walking dead i think it's he was the wrong pick for the walking dead um i don't really like him as in the walking dead but in alive 1993 He is very good and I like him as an actor, he has a few strobby moments but I mean if you were stuck on a mountain peak and you were were having to eat, you know, your fellow victims to survive, I mean you would strop too, you wouldn't want to have to eat people. Um, But I would rate the movie a solid, I'm going to give it a 10, okay? I'm going to give it a 10 only because it was set in 1993 well it was set in the 1970s but it was made in 1993 the acting's good the quality is good, the, the like if they, I don't know if they use green screens or they actually were filming it on a mountain but like for it's time it was very very good and there's nothing really wrong with it, it tells the story as it is and it's a real tribute to the, was it 28 people died and 16 survived or something can't remember um but it, it really pays tribute to those that died and those that survived the horrible incident and like it's over 50 years ago and a lot of the people that were in this tragedy and survived are still alive today there's a couple of them have passed on since and i think they went to a premiere to another one that's similar a similar thing i don't know if it's a tv show or a movie let's look it up uruguayan 2023 Society of the Snow which closed out the Venice Film Festival in September is inspired by Flight 571 which was carrying a Uruguayan rugby team and their friends and family when it crashed in a remote part of the Andes Mountains Um, oh it's on Netflix so check that out I might actually check that out later after I'm done recording and check out Alive 1993 on Prime at the minute, it is like £2.49 to buy it, not just to rent it, to buy it. Um, I don't know if it's still going to be that price by the time that this comes out, because this episode is due to come out. I'm recording this at the end of January, but this is not coming out for another month. So I don't know, you check it out, but I'm sure it's not going to be that much dear, maybe a fiver um, on Prime and it's not included and it is very very good and i would highly recommend it if you're into that sort of thing i mean i wouldn't recommend if you're going on a plane anytime soon don't watch it before you get on a flight and hopefully if you do watch it next time you catch a flight you don't think about it um but it is very good i wonder what it got on rotten tomatoes alive 1993 rotten tomatoes i like to know these things Let's see, what did it get, 61% on the meter and a 68% audience score, um, but it was very good and you can get it on Prime or you can rent or buy it on Apple TV. So check it out um, and it will really put like the human touch on the story and make it a bit more real. Um, it's fucking fantastic and it really makes you understand a lot more about what they had to go through to survive and what they went through and who they lost along the way it's really really human and it's well worth the watch but i am going to leave it here with this episode of horror queen i will be back with horror queen either the end of march the last friday in march or maybe i'll come back before that because i really love making horror queen and I think I might do it more often. I always change the routine of the podcast only because like, I'm trying to find my groove. But maybe I should just do every other week. Every other week? I don't know. What, should, what do you think? I don't know. Um, but yes, I'm going to leave it here. And I will see you next week with Queen Billy's on the pod. The first episode of March. And then I will see you in Horror Queen at the end of the month. Because I'm pretty sure there's probably people that only listen to one or the other. Or both, I don't know. I know certain people, wink wink, I know you're listening, listen to both, but I know there's certain people that only listen to Horror Queen. But I will see you then. Goodbye!